0: The bills make me wanna Show! kick your heels up and ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Show! week three of Bills and Beers here at season four. I'm Lars, and a, a very, very special episode tonight. We are recording approximately thirty yards from my apartment on the sidewalk because I don't have any keys to get in, and my fiance has yet to return from work here at 10 o'clock on a Thursday night. I'm Lars joining me tonight. Uh, Billy the Kid Nichols is with us. I think she's cheating on you. And we're without the lovely Miss Cassie Ozark, but making his first appearance in
1: season four
0: of Bills and Beers, ladies and gentlemen, Chairman, Jeff Day, fresh back from his European vacation, here to talk some Buffalo Bills football.
1: Uh, gentlemen, it's incredible to see both your faces, hear the hear the sounds of your voices, and in talks in Buffalo Bill. Special shout out to Jen Coleman, who's going to be a first time listener uh, this evening. All right, Jen, um, and uh, and just wanted to say it's great to be back. Uh, you know, I, I, was, I missed Bills football when I was, when I was kind of, care, you know, uh, jumping around uh, o- overseas, and now I'm back excited to watch us take on the Browns. That's right. we got talking about the Browns. We're going to touch briefly on the shellacking that we laid down on the Kansas City Chiefs
0: yes. last week. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get right into some Buffalo Bills football Say talk. Shout it right now, baby. Say come you real. on, come on. Say you real. Come on and shout. Say so last week, uh, I was alone at the station. At least I was uh, without my compatriots here. I was, however, with uh, Sujit. Does Sujit have a last name that we can pronounce here on Bills and Beers? Uh, Jean Arden. Something like that. Jean Arden. Uh, Sujit will be joining us shortly. He is actually the... Uh, it's French, I believe. He's actually the head of the Bills, backers of Chicago organization. And, of course, you can find us at BillsandBeers.com. That'll take you to our Facebook page. Subscribe to our Uh, podcast on iTunes Uh, but I was was without these two gentlemen Uh, uh, Jeff as he mentioned before was overseas and Bill was at Ralph Wilson Stadium for this year's home opener but boy oh boy oh boy did we put the smack down on those Kansas City Chiefs our defense locked them down did everything that we hoped they would do against the Jets but didn't and again our good buddy Clifford Jr. Spiller putting up big numbers in both the running and offensive attack. It was refreshing to see. So, Billy, you said you were there. You were there in person. You got to witness the crowd, the noise, everything else. Tell us a little bit about the environment at Ralph Wilson Stadium last Sunday. It
2: was everything you could want in a day of football. It seriously was. It was, from a tailgating perspective, that perfect 68 degrees, like, so. So, like I went wearing a you know a little bit of a, uh, a well I was wearing a Bill sweatshirt and a Bill shirt underneath and immediately I was like dude this sun is just way too hot I gotta take off this sweatshirt. Those are always the best. No need for a fire or anything like that. Grilling off some hot dogs and uh, playing some flip cup in the uh, in the stadium lot and as soon as we got into that stadium first of all the lines into the stadium 12:15 were starting to get big. people were people were getting in early okay. Getting their beers. The beer lines uh, within the stadium packed the entire time. And the crowd was as loud as I have heard it in, I'll say, five years. Awesome. Uh, I was not at the uh, Cowboys Monday night game you know, a, year, a few years back, which I understand was absolutely crazy. But... Um, from a standpoint of the games I've been to, you know, over Thanksgiving, Christmas, opener, uh, you know, Jets last year, uh, it was an awesome, awesome scene, and it literally was one of those like where it just never
0: stopped being crazy and loud and awesome. Way to go, Bill's Nation. And actually, uh, Bill's Nation is beginning some props this week. I don't know if you guys listen, obviously, as uh, stewards of the Bill's podcasting community. Uh, we also are listeners of other NFL podcasts. Myself, I listen to the Dave Damashek football program and sponsored by the thenfl.com. Uh, Damashek was a writer uh, for The Man Show, so he's good friends with Adam Carolla. I listen to Adam Carolla's podcast, so I heard He'll him.
1: Simmons, all right,
0: things. all those dudes. They all get together on Sundays watch football together. Uh, Damashek twice this week on his own podcast and on. Corolla's podcast talked about his experience this past week in Buffalo because he's been doing like the oh. nationwide road trip and this past week he was in Buffalo and in both cases he led off telling the stories like went in 9 o'clock call time RVs lined up as far as the eye can see yeah. grilling there all Saturday. these well, thanks a lot, asswipe. That was the punchline. But that was his big thing. He would go on and on and on be like, 9 o'clock, I show up, these people are out there, and it was a Saturday. Bills fans out there for 28 hours tailgating. That was the whole point of the story. So, yeah, yeah, Bills Nation getting props left and right. And, of course, the big win over the Kansas City Chiefs Five sacks from this defense, like I said, something we were wishing to see before. Now, Jeff, you got to watch it on NFL Game
1: Rewind. Any thoughts? We haven't heard from you in a couple of weeks about this Bills team here coming into the, the Cleveland Browns matchup. It was great. You know, I wasn't able to, uh, to see the game live. It was actually the first thing I did with my plane touchdown back in the States was it was about 4 o'clock uh, Eastern time, and so I looked at the game score, and it was 28-3 to 3 upon entry, so a great welcome back, President, um, to the States. The, um, the game was interesting. I saw it on NFL Rewind, and, and a couple of themes emerged. One, one for me, uh, from the defensive side of the ball, it's great to see that we did have some constant pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's evident that we still have some uh, a young secondary. And when we do face excellent quarterbacks, we are still going to struggle defensively. You know, right. I, th- I think that is, in my, in my you know, early glimpse of the team, I think that's going to be our struggle against quarterbacks like Matt you know, Castle and against middle-of-the-road quarterbacks. I think we're going to be okay. What I'm curious to see is how we, we actually stack up against quarterbacks a little bit more experienced, a little bit higher caliber. However, Sanchez, you would never put into that category no, prior to the adjustment. But I think
0: hindsight would also tell us, and yeah. I think everybody's pretty much come around to the fact that yeah. that week game one, one game was, was probably the best game of his career. Yeah. And a Some little of his of an playoff performances
1: notwithstanding. So on the offensive side of the ball, I think the theme that has stuck out to me, and what's interesting is what I'm really curious about is if, and I say this with a big if because we all love David Nelson. And we all know what he can do for our team offensively, and we know what a talent he's been how much he's contributed. But I wonder if schematically and strategically, if his injury for the season actually might be a good thing for the Buffalo Bills because it forces us, and I think it's forced the coaching staff, at least in their game plan for Kansas City, to run the ball more. Which actually may be a good thing for the Buffalo Bills. And it's just you know,
2: hilarious that like Chang-Galey's statement now are like, "Yes, we're a running team. That's what we want to do." <laughs> to me, that's but how, did, how sharp does sharp choice look out there? I mean, but it's but it's laughable. But I'm saying it's laughable from a standpoint of Chang-Galey has never ever said that about and now it's like all of a sudden he he
0: recognizes that. So the big question is when Freddie comes back. Who's the feature back? Is it CJ or is it Freddie?
1: And you know, I think you—I'll answer the question unpolitically. I think the answer is CJ Spiller. I mean, I love Freddie Jackson any, as much as the next guy. I don't he's the president, you know, and, and he's right—he's the captain of a team. But you cannot argue with productivity. Right. There's no argument and against we, productivity. We,
0: we said this here on the podcast that um, they're both great running backs, but CJ Spiller is quite frankly physically capable of doing things that Fred Jackson cannot. And when you give C.J. Spiller Fred Jackson's patience and his ability to see the holes as they open up, he's just infinitely better as a running back, or at least more effective, because he gets those home run plays. I mean, both games, he's had at least two gains of more than 30 yards in both of the games so far this season and it's a carryover from last season as well so we don't want to dwell too much on the kansas city chiefs i know uh bills nation generally speaking is is really excited about it but uh let's move on let's talk a little bit about those cleveland browns uh the implications for going two and one coming against the patriots uh it's a big week this week gotta get the win going on the road haven't been too successful so let's get right into it gentlemen
2: Interesting that you talk about the run game, as uh, we ourselves are going to be facing off against a uh, pretty good runner in Trent Richardson.
0: Can I can I throw a stat at you? Sure. Trent Richardson, through two weeks of NFL football, has run the ball 77 times. Wow. I don't think CJ has one-dimensional. I, I don't think CJ has eclipsed 30 carries yet. And I'm, if I if memory serves me correctly. Richardson has had 39 and 38 carries in his two—I could be wrong. He has definitely had more than 30 carries in both of their games thus far. Now, let me ask you this. The, so, the Browns have played against who and who? The Eagles, and then last week against the Bengals.
2: Okay. Both of those defensive lines, um, did you did you watch the games, and did they get manhandled? It sounds like—if they're running so many times, like—because that, to me, is like, all right, this clearly is a team who's one-dimensional. Sure. Well, let me—I'll so, answer
0: that question. So, I, I read— an analysis that said that the Bengals' defensive line didn't look like anything special out there, huh? but the one play that sticks out to me, and I think it was like sometime in the third quarter, was when the Browns ran the ball—not like a pitch, not an end around, not a draw, not a shovel pass, no kind of trickery—just like a straight, like off tackle or e- even between the tackles dive on third and eight. Okay, Trent Richardson is their offense. They don't. Trust Brandon Wheaton to do anything, and the faster the Bills can get up on them and make them pass and get out of that game plan, the easier this game is going to be for us. I think.
1: Yeah, it's you know it's interesting. The, the Bills have, over the course of the last few years, consistently struggled with big, strong. Running backs, okay. whether it was Brandon Jacobs from the Giants or whomever it may be, we've always kind of struggled. We've had an undersized, you know, defensive core a lot, a lot of these last few years. So the one thing I'll be looking for in the game is how we can handle a big, strong, perhaps the strongest specimen at the running back position in the in NFL, Trent in Trent Richardson. Yeah. That'll be an interesting thing to see. And the other thing is, you know, it'll be interesting. Obviously, this is a Dick Drone, right. um defensive coordinator, yeah. of the of the Browns. It'll be interesting to see. You know, if CT you look, he can hold us to. Uh... You know,
2: seventeen points, <laughs> right, like right. the typical. Ben ben right, right. You know,
1: when you look at the typical, uh, when you look at the track record of the last four, four or five years of Bills Browns games. I mean, they have been. There's one word to describe it's them: ugly. Yeah, right, abysmal. Ugly. Put in a nine any, to three, right? six to three, Eight, games, nothing. You know? Yeah. you know, and who oh, knows? Those these
0: the are, those uh, the, oh, the winner game oh in 2007. Oh. These
1: are different teams with different years, and the weather's a lot better now than it has been in, in recent years. But if history repeats itself, which it often does, it does not suggest that this will be a 38-21 to 21 no. football game. This suggests that we'll see a little bit of a tighter game that's in the fourth quarter and for which the running game becomes much more significant later in the game. Let me follow up on that. So uh,
0: there was somebody who did a great breakdown of the Dick Jerron defense that they saw against, that they watched specifically against Cincinnati, and they said that they saw the exact same crap that they saw in Buffalo, and that is he was willing to give up the middle of the field to not give up the big play on the outside. If he runs that ge- defensive scheme against us, that pretty much plays into right. everything we do do well. Right. The one thing Fitzpatrick cannot do is throw the deep ball down the sideline. He excels at over-the-middle passes at the seven-yard slant. And if Jeron is going to surrender that to us, and now people will say he's a good defensive coordinator like he has his scheme. I can't imagine in a million years if he's done his homework that he's going to give up. Those plays, the Bills. If he wants to press us on the outside and, and let Scott Chandler and our running backs run wild in the middle of the
1: field in the flat, we are going to destroy
0: them because yeah, that, that plays into all of
1: our offensive strengths. You know, it's interesting. I, um, you know, I would think that they will do, um, uh, you know, put a fair amount of people in the box to stop the run game. Um, and what's interesting is, you know, when I rewatch the, when I watched the film of the game against the Chiefs. Great to see the Bills come out like that. But one thing was so noticeable which was that Ryan Fitzpatrick despite his numbers which were okay and despite the outcome of the game which obviously was great, had some terrible yeah. terrible right. throws. Throws that you don't you don't see any NFL quarterback making whether he's a starter or second or third string. You know, and you hope those are anomalies, but you know if you're Dick Gron, you're game planning for this game. You say, make let's take pass. away that run and let's see if Fitzpatrick can kind of get out of this little slump that he's been in to start the season. And and to be honest,
0: I mean, I think Bills fans are kind of sitting there hoping that every opponent we face for the rest of the year doesn't know what we know, which is if you want to beat the Bills, make Ryan Fitzpatrick beat you. Because I think it's clear now after two weeks, C.J. Spiller will beat you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he'll outrun your guys. If you let him free in space, he'll score. I mean, we've said it a bunch of times now, Bill, every time that he gets ahead of steam and he's two yards past the line of scrimmage and it looks like he's got a little daylight in front of him, I assume he's gonna score a touchdown. Like that's how good and how dynamic he's been. And that if he gets going, I'm pretty sure that nobody out there is gonna catch him. And you know, pretty much so far this season that's been pretty spot on. If he doesn't score he gets down within the five yard line every time.
2: I'll tell you what's been nice to see and watching uh just like, you know, the uh games again. Uh, and highlights is actually seeing like a legitimate hole. Yeah, our like, offensive, offensive line has line. been amazing these yep. first games, and minutes. that's not to, that's not taking anything away from CJ, but it is. It's just nice to see our offensive line dominating uh, and doing
0: doing their job really. And we haven't seen that in ten years. Right now. The Browns will be without their stud cornerback uh, Joe Hayden, who's I believe still on a, a, a suspension. I think he will be out uh, uh, up until Week Five. Drug related, <laughs> the uh, usual. Duh. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't know if there's any elements of this defense we need to fear. That was a that was and, a Snoop uh, song. Murder was the case, right? Uh. Um, and I don't think in any sh- way, shape, or form if our defense now. Okay, well let me let me let me back up for a second because all the buzz in Bill Na- Bills Nation lately has been what the hell was the defensive game plan against the Jets, okay? Everybody seems to think, why did we go out and bat them like that? And I understand maybe we wanted to make Sanchez beat us, but as soon as Sanchez was beating us, there wasn't really much of an adjustment. So Lord knows if we'll see that again against the, the Browns. If we don't, and if we see the same kind of defensive game plan we saw against the Chiefs, I don't think there's any way in a million years this team will do anything against us offensively, and it's going to rely on us being able to take care of the ball and I think our offense will be, do just fine against their defense.
1: Yeah, I certainly hope so. You know, I mean, the, the Browns do have a, an excellent offensive line. You know, and I think uh, a writer, maybe it was a Buffalo news writer, I can't remember, but said, you know, this week, you may be seeing the two at this point in the season strongest offensive lines facing off against one another. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, the Bills obviously, our offensive line hasn't given given up a sack. We're averaging some some you know astronomical yards per carry figure. Um, especially through the first three quarters of the Well, game. you've seen the stats. And Nobody
0: since Jim Brown has averaged this many yards per carry as C.J.
1: Spiller has thus far. It'll be a great test for our defensive line against a, a really strong opponent with a rookie quarterback, yeah. for which the game plan, you know, some part of it, I'm sure, is going to be get after and shake that rookie quarterback. And as a, you know, as the Browns, you would think they're going to try and implement an offensive game plan similar to what the Jets did, which was get the ball out of Wheaton's hands yeah, quickly. I just, I just don't Slant. in a
0: million years see him having the same kind of accuracy and as I, Sanchez had.
1: And I think what what the biggest difference, you know, between games one and games two, from a defensive back standpoint, was how we we played the press coverage. Of course, you know, in game two, in which we did none of in game one, and so I. <laughs> I think that will carry through and i think that's something that you know williams and and, and gilmore were we drafted them as physical cornerbacks and so right. they're very you know comfortable in that position and hopefully you know if need be they can adapt to that
0: well i'm feeling pretty confident about it sounds like you guys are too uh let's get into some a uh, little wild card action bill here in a minute and then we'll offer our predictions and get the hell out of here how's that sound sure perfect So, I would like to say one more time for our listeners that we are huddled here in a corner outside the garage door of my apartment building because I am completely locked out. Okay? I am standing here in a suit. Uh, I just got back from a uh I don't know what you would call it. It was an event with the Illinois Environmental Council. The governor was there. It's pretty shady out here. <laughs> it's weird we're we're kind of standing there, standing here illegally drinking beer uh which which brings us to of course uh my favorite uh, it's becoming my favorite part of Bills and Beers yep. which is the Bills portion of our episode and today's episode our our, no, our... I
2: first of all want to hear uh Jeff pronounce this beer first. Okay. <laughs> Because
0: by the way, do we have another one? I'm, I'm running kind of low. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay. Oh, you, you simply want me to name the the, the beer, which is called uh, Presidente. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs>
0: The the actual pronunciation of this beer, I do believe, since it is uh, from the Dominican Republic, is Presidente beer. Uh, But that's that's a fine interpretation, there, Jeff. Uh, (laughs) Languages
1: have never been all right. right. (laughs) You just came (laughs) back, you know. Yeah, that's
0: right. uh, You got a European flair. Yeah. So, Presidente beer, the uh, Cerveza Pilsner beer of Dominican Republic, as we said before, and I don't know if this was chosen for this uh, specific reason because you guys got here before me, uh, but I will be in the Dominican Republic, and uh, just over two weeks from now, I'll be enjoying my honeymoon there. So, Excellent. a little near and dear to my part. Uh, this is we'll
1: be sure to
2: visit. Oh why yes, they, please why do. They call it a
0: honeymoon. Uh, there's actually a very good reason for that. Oh, and look, look who it is! It, it's it's uh, wow. the woman I will be Unlike, sharing my honeymoon this? with. Who is this woman with a uh, the headlamp a, a and everything? Headlamp yeah. And yeah, I thought it was a police officer. Here is she here <laughs> she is to let us into the apartment. Uh, honeymoon. Uh, there is there is a vac- actually very good reason for that. Uh, it, it escapes me now, but it does have to do with. Um, like the, honey. A, a, a month worth of something or other that used um. to happen uh, uh, after marriage. Uh, but okay, so brought to you by Presidente, uh, the cerveza from the Dominican Republic, and as always, uh, Bills and Beers, we'd like to remind our listeners we do not advocate underage drinking, and if you are going to consume alcohol, please do so responsibly. Okay, gentlemen, let's get into the nitty-gritty here. Predictions for this week. Bills, Browns, on the road. Bills 0-8 in their last road games. Carryover from last season, we're not doing so well when we have to leave Western New York. How do you see this one shaping up?
2: I see this going down as a
1: twenty to ten Buffalo Bills victory. Interesting. Okay, I like it. Um, I see. The, I do see the Bills pulling this one out. Um, I think this is a game that we have to win if we have any hope of making the playoffs this year. Um, I see us winning twenty-four nineteen. Ooh, I think interesting. It'll be, I think it'll be close game. I think. It, I think it'll be a game that we lead. For most and throughout the game, but I think that it'll always be a close game, one that we certainly don't put away into the last four or five minutes of the fourth quarter.
0: Interesting. Well, I'm going to predict uh, a little wider margin. I'm going to say uh, Buffalo 31, Cleveland 13. Okay, that's my prediction. Uh, now let's go ahead and get into the wild card section, which, Billy, means uh, <laughs> your most important contribution to the show. Wild card!
2: <laughs> it's the wild card! <laughs>
0: So it's a presidential season. Uh, Barack Obama, Mitt Romney going toe-to-toe. We're going to pick a new leader here in about six weeks, and we are drinking Presidente beer tonight on Bills and Beers. So my question to you, gentlemen, for tonight's wild card portion of the episode, if you could vote for one Buffalo Bill to be president of these United States of America, or Canada, because lest we forget,
1: this is North America's team, who would it be and why? This answer is very easy for me. You know, when I think about uh, a presidential candidate that I think has a good chance of winning, there's three things that I want. One, and I'm talking not from a, not from a uh, you know an American standpoint necessarily, but from a from a PR standpoint. One, I want the look. Okay, <laughs> I want the look of a president. I want a certain look. <laughs> Number two, I want a really strong communicator, someone that can just you know eloquently speak his plan. And third, I want someone whom other wh- other people respect and look up to. And so my my uh, my. The player that I would choose because of those three characteristics is our starting linebacker, Nick Barnett. Wow. And that's for a, that's a hell you, of a choice. I you know, like that. And a for lot. those of you and you know and for those of you any, any anytime heard an interview of Nick Barnett, there's a couple things that are c- clear. One, he's an outstanding looking man. <laughs> he is. He is just he's a, got some great he's, chompers he's, too. He's got a great smile. He's got a million dollar smile. He's easy he's just <laughs> I mean, I don't want to I don't want to sound too crazy here. You know, Nick, and Nick, we or love Gap. you. Good thing or you're not Gap. wearing sweatpants. <laughs> 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 but Nick but Nick is a, a great-looking guy. He's got the look, too. He's actually a quite an excellent speaker. I mean, yeah. you ever heard him talk? I mean, He's, he's he speaks, a great leader, too. Speaks, and then the third quality is that he leads. His teammates respect him. And therefore, he's my, he's my 2012 excellent fan. choice. And with, the, Jeff, and with the 1, Jam 2, and Jeff 3, day, I'll tell you. Such
0: a good, such a treat to have one, you back two, here three. on Bills and <laughs> Beers. It, well, I, I tell you, when it comes to the wild card portion of the episode, there is nobody who hits home runs more consistently. The Jam and Jeff Tate. Nick Farnett. Yeah, well, okay. you,
2: you can hit home runs if you come every like once every like ten weeks.
0: Sure, that's my okay. right. And now for a, and now and now for a foul tip, Bill. We're going to you. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. So my answer
2: uh, is influenced by the fact that we know so much about this team. Okay, and we know the players like the back of our hands. And none of us, none of us. Can actually tell whether or not this man is black or white. David Nelson. David Nelson. <laughs> well, he, also, he also looks like Barack. Obama. <laughs> he does. He does. So he'd be perfect because he's a little bit lighter. He's a lighter skin. Mean, he's lighter. I, I don't even know honestly. He's clean. He's, he's articulate. Great, and and he pulls in the conservative vote. First of all, he gets that hardworking. Texas. Uh, yeah, he pulls in the conservative vote Dallas. Uh, from Dallas and his cheerleader, and she's beautiful. I mean, imagine her as a first lady. Right. Okay. A little sexy blonde. Uh, and house, not to I like mention. Him. Not to mention, he is uh, currently on injured reserve, so he has, he has the, time the time to be able to actually get out there on the campaign trail.
1: Sure. Interesting.
0: Uh, so I'm sorry if that's did, a good pick I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm yeah, sorry I didn't do a pick. one, two, no, three, no, but uh, you may have pick. actually you may have yeah. actually taken Jeff that's Dave's pick, pick and raised him more. A strong pick. So yeah, well um, now in my head, uh, the the most <laughs> likely person to run for office is Brian Mormon, right? And and by the way, Definitely a bleeding heart liberal, definitely a Democrat. I mean, we can all agree on that, right? Ours
2: <laughs> right. <Mars laughs> always has two answers, yeah, by the
0: way. Because yeah. I always go, like, less, we, so I, go we, yeah. I was going to say, and then let me yeah. tell you how great this okay. one. <laughs> but here's here's where I'm going with, and I don't think it's better than either of you guys, so I'm not trying to one up <laughs> you. I'm just I'm just going with my guns on this one. Scott Chandler. Okay? okay? You know why? Because Scott Chandler just produces. <laughs> and Scott Chandler has a little bit of swagger to him. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it before, and, and one thing we we have failed to talk about. And has actually gotten just shamefully low mentions throughout Bills Nation is when he threw the forearm shiver into Rex Ryan's chest and knocked him over. <laughs> and we yeah. went. Did you see this? I did not see it. Actually. He went it he, so he caught a ball and his yeah. like momentum took out him out of bounds, <laughs> yeah. and Rex Ryan was standing there and he was going boom. <laughs> right in the middle of the chest Knock Fat Rex Right on his ass Right yeah. on the sidelines Okay uh, And then he's chirped a little bit yeah. And he has a, He looks like he chirps A little bit out there wow. And all he does Is catch first downs And touchdowns <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay he Scott produces. Chandler Is a production machine And when push comes to shove He has no problems Of <laughs> getting in your face And telling you what's what <laughs> yeah. My ideal politician Right there Okay, <laughs> like okay. So uh, no prediction from Cassie But we're predicting uh, You know 3-0 and oh here uh, Between the three of us uh, th- For the Bills to go 2-1 and one. Yeah uh, Uh, here this upcoming week against the Cleveland Browns. God, I hope we're right. I hope it's not another one of those ugly games like we've seen before. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of Bills and Beers. Tell your friends, tell everybody you know the roots for the Buffalo Bills, tell everybody you know who has ears that work, BillsandBeers.com, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. It's going to be a great weekend, gentlemen. I can't wait to spend it with you fellas, Uh, Jeff notwithstanding, uh, but we'll be back for the Patriots game next week. Uh, Browns coming up in Cleveland. Go Bills! make me wanna Go!